on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, good everyone, and welcome to the clubhouse. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you as we talk all things golf right across this huge golfing weekend in Australian golf. It is, of course, Australian Open weekend. Mark Allen, live on course right now, Marco Royal Sydney Golf Club. Is that where we find you right now? You better believe it. For the 2016 Emirates Australian Open. So it's Friday here as we record the show. Apologies to everybody, but we've got to record the show. That's it. Because we're up here today, and I'm melting. It's about 30 degrees. It's only about 10 o'clock in the morning. Everyone out in the golf course tell you what there's going to be a struggle for some of the big names to actually make the cut mm. so uh, by the time this goes to air during the weekend we'll know but uh, gee i'll tell you what it's almost a highlight you know it's a highlight when you see the big names of a tournament come and battle their way to make it on saturday and sunday i, I reckon some of the coverage they should really focus on it you yep. know there's there's in a four-day coverage until we get to the last nine holes when you actually have a chance to win the tournament, yeah. there are so many little things along the way. Uh, you can teach people how to play on, on the Thursday. Friday, you can do a little bit of teaching and, and show people how to play the game. I and mean, that's what people listen in for. Mm. Uh, but then on Friday afternoon, uh, let's let's go and see Adam Scott or potentially Aaron Badley. Let's go and see these guys with the six-footers for par mm. on the cut line and see how they handle it. Because it's a totally, totally different pressure from winning. Fascinating to watch him. Fascinating to watch him, mm. especially struggle on day one, Marco. There was uh, some of the morning groups got some big, uh, shot some low scores, then uh, some of the groups in the afternoon really struggled a bit. Yeah, well, that, look, that's, that happens a bit when well, they knew it was going to be a hot couple of days. Mm. So they watered the greens on Thursday night, they watered the greens on Friday night. But what happens, that keeps the greens alive, but it actually bakes the green a little yep. bit. So to, you know, today, it's Friday, like I said, trying to make the cut on Friday afternoon today will be a, a tricky kind of deal. Because, like I said, the, the, the water's gone into the greens, and then once the sun comes out, it does tend to bake them. And when it bakes them, uh, the heel prints seem to, you know, they stay indented. One, if, if the greens have a little bit of moisture, the greens, they bounce back a little bit, and they stay smoother. Yep. But once that top uh, level of the, of the ground gets baked, the heel prints stay heel prints. They don't bounce back, and that's why it gets a little difficult on Friday afternoon. And generally Sunday afternoon as well. You know, Saturday is the first day that they play when the cut's been in. So there's only about 60 players, 65 players, 70 players who play on the Saturday. So there's mm. not too many heel prints. But here's the other thing. We've got to count the caddies as well. Yes. You know, the caddies. So th- th- this is why on Friday, Friday's the worst day basically to putt. Because you've got a, you know, this tournament, there's 144 players, there's 144 caddies, everybody's walking close to the hole, heel prints everywhere, water the greens overnight, not only Thursday and Friday, um, and all of a sudden we've got some baked greens. So it's good fun watching, it's good, it's, it's great fun seeing players react to balls bounce offline, because reacting in sport, we know, I mean, when bad things happen, the, the, the great players, they react differently. Yep. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Jack Nicholas, uh-huh. back in his heyday. Prolific winner of major championships. He double bogeys the first hole of this tournament that he's playing down here in Australia. I think it was at Royal Hobart. He's double bogeyed the very first hole. He walks to the second tee and he looks at his caddy and his caddy looks at him and said, bloody hell, I'm probably going to lose by a shot this week. <laughs> All right, so every other player in the field, probably, every other player in the field goes, double bogey, what am I going to do? How am I going to get back to the tournament? Jack Nicholas, oh, I'm probably going to lose by a shot. Yeah. You know, he's still thinking about being there on Sunday. Yeah. So the great players, they they, they react differently. It's a and different mindset, isn't it? It's good fun watching, yep. like I said. It's good fun watching good players mm. 
try and battle their way to the car. It's also good fun watching guys who need the cash. Oh, how good is that? That's how good bit. is that? You know, that's the other bit that coverages should be doing. Yep. Here's Joey Bloggs. He's been a professional for five years. Yep. Uh, here's his career money. He's won $25,000 in five years. Mm. And he's on the cut line. Let's watch how this kid reacts to the cut line yeah. pressure. Good fun. I've heard Lucas Herbert chat a little bit over the last 24 hours, of course, the leader after day one. And just hearing like how excited he is about being able to come out and and play well. Mm. He's missed a couple of cuts going overseas and Mm. and hasn't been able to get the job done. But to be able to come out and you can hear the excitement in his voice that potentially this tournament could Mm. be what what sort of propels him forward. Yeah, we spoke to him during the week. And uh, look, I, I, I played with him when he was a kid in the Vic Open. So it was he, myself, and I don't know who the other guy was. But he, as a 17-year-old, had a lot of talent. He came second in a tournament at the Heritage uh, as an amateur, as a mm-hmm. 17-year-old qualifying amateur. Came second in the events the first time I ever heard of the guy. So he's, he's loaded with talent. But back when I played with him at, at 13th Beach, he was a real thrasher. He yeah. thrashed at the ball. <laughs> Since then, he, he, you know, we had guys following him. And, you know, once it became apparent on Thursday that he was going to be one of the better scores for the day, we, we sent uh, our guys out following him. And yeah. the report coming back was that he tempered everything, swinging within himself. And we asked him about it. I said, is that you know, the guy following you today was telling you you just swing very much within yourself and that had changed from you know four or five years ago when I played with you at the Vic Open and he said oh yeah had to absolutely had to he goes I used to enjoy thrashing at the ball yeah trying to see how far I get in it trying to get the ball to fly you know like a professional um you know with the big takeoff type flight you know when they put too much spin on the ball he enjoyed doing all that sort of stuff but now that he's been playing professional golf for a while and it's not about playing well every once in a while yep. and shooting the 62 it's about playing great every day then things change and it, you know it's incredible you, you grow up without a care mum and dad are paying the way golf australia's you know in your back pocket and they're writing all the checks mm. but when you turn professional and it's time for you to make money it's amazing how quickly your mindset changes yeah absolutely what do you made of the um the whole course set up up there marco maybe a talk around it Mate, the course is set up absolutely perfect. Yeah. I don't know who's been doing the job around here, but it has been magnificent. The yep. roughs at the right height, the greens are at the right speed, and it's a little golf course. You know, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not a big championship course. There's three probably tiers on most of the greens. The 18th is a ripper. You know, I pass it every day and have a look, and I'm trying to work out how I'm going to stop a 7-iron <laughs> on any one of the, of the of the shelves here. But that happens a lot out here, and that's the way they've protected the golf course. Tiny little greens. Uh, I've got the... I've got the Friday pin sheets in front of me, yep. and there's only one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, six pin placements, seven pin placements that are in the 20s. So it just shows you how small the greens yeah. are here, yeah. and that actually multiple, multiple, uh, multiplies because of the, of, the, of the shelves that you have to hit it on. So not only are they very small targets, but they are very small shelves. And then to make things even, you know, I, I always talk about chipping into the into the grain on mm-hmm. the clubhouse with you. Uh, and the, the green, uh, the, the, the fringes are cut at just this awkward length where putting, you probably should, but chipping is always the way to get it close. And what they've done to here this week also, and I only found this out uh, yesterday from one of our players, is that they're mowing the fairways, a bit like Augusta, Back to the tee. 
So that makes things awkward. I, you know, the very first day, Adam Scott duffed a couple of wedges. He's trying to hit half wedges. And when this sort of grass is mown the opposite direction, when it's mown the opposite direction, then this cooch grass can make you look a fool. More yep. like, you know, they, they do it famously at Augusta. They mm. mow the, 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 the grass the wrong way to, to stop the ball running. Mm-hmm. But that rye grass is the same grass that's on the MCG or the SCG or probably even the Gabba these days. It's the same grass. It's, it's a very easy grass for a, uh, a, a golf blade to rip through. Yep. But the cooch grass is tougher. It's made for tropical conditions. And when it's mown the wrong way, these boys better be careful. Otherwise, they're going to look silly. Yep. Absolutely. That's, I mean, some of the big names up there, Marco, you mentioned him. Uh, I, I loved hearing uh, Jordan Spieth pre-tournament talk about how he was getting out and getting hitting lots of balls mm. in the morning and then he just wanted to switch off after yeah. lunch and go and see the sights in Sydney and uh, enjoy himself. And I think his, I think his attitude in the last uh, 12, 24 months to... Has has changed completely from just wanting to play every single minute of every single day, and now he's when he's travelling around the world, he's just going to start enjoying himself yeah, a little bit more. We, we, you brought this up last week, and, and it's a very very good point that he played a lot of golf mm. in his career last year. Twenty sixteen, he played too much. You know, twenty fifteen, he had the cracking year, yep. a year that we've basically you know you don't see too many of them. Where he, he won the Masters, won the U.S. Open, missed out on the British Open playoff by a shot, then came second to Jason Day in the U.S. PGA by one shot. Mm. Think about that year in the Masters. Not a bad year. In the majors. Yeah. I mean, a crazy year. And then the next year, of course, he's a superstar of world golf. People are throwing $2 million bucks at him, $3 million just to turn up and play. Mm-hmm. And he took advantage of that. But he wore himself out. Yeah. I mean, he was half the player. His swing looked bad. His body was wrong. Mm-hmm. He's come here looking pretty fresh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you hear him speak before the tournament, um, you know, he's, he's fresh. He's ready to go. He's out practicing nice and early. Uh, and, and that's what you do in Sydney. I mean, if I, if I grew up here in Sydney... Uh, all my practice would have been done nice and early and then, you know, find something cool to do in the afternoon because it, it does get pretty tropical. And I don't know how those guys are going. I don't know how so many Queensland golfers were good. I really don't because I don't know about you. I get a bit dozy yeah, when it's hot. Absolutely. I wouldn't have been practicing. Yeah. I don't know how these kids get through school no, in Queensland. Absolutely. In fact, now I'm thinking out loud, maybe that explains a bit. That probably says a lot. Probably does. <laughs> hey, we're going to get does. to a break. I want to actually hear from Jordan Spieth as we do head to the break because what he said pre-tournament I thought was fascinating, Marco. So let's Perfect. take a listen back. Jordan Spieth before the Australian Open. First of all, I must say it's great to have you back. Thank you. I wasn't sure that you were going to come back again. We almost feel like you're a hometown boy. I don't know why you think so. (laughs) We love our time here. uh, We have a great week. Um, Just absolutely beautiful place coming over to Sydney and uh, change of pace now coming to a different golf course, but that's a a whole new fun challenge for us. But really happy to be back over in Oz and um, just obviously shows that I meant what I said about how much we like coming here um, to continue to do so. So look forward to a great week. And you arrived on Sunday. Was that for practice or a bit of sightseeing as well? Uh, arrived on Sunday early morning just to make sure we're adjusted. But also, yeah, I mean, I'm taking uh, an extra couple of days of coming out kind of the first half of the day and then going back and, and doing other things, uh, really enjoying the whole experience, not leaving till Tuesday afternoon. So, um, yeah, a bit of both, just to make sure we're here adjusted and I can come out and actually get work in. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I have to leave enough time in the afternoons to, to explore Sydney. For many golfers, two wins in one year, they would say nice year. For you? Yeah, it was a good year. Mm. I thought it was a good year. We actually had three. You know, the Ryder Cup was definitely a win for yeah. for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, really good season. Um, I thought the second half of the year, 
you know, I was a little disappointed with my performance. Um, but all in all, you know, that happens. You go on rises and dips, and it's about figuring out, you know, how to get back um, on the rise. And I feel like uh, this these past six weeks or so, uh, we've had I've had some tremendous time off, been able to feel like I'm completely rested, get um, to do some things in the swing I've been trying to work on for a year now. And um, just it's tough to do throughout an actual tournament week in the middle of a season as well as uh, putting in time in the gym. So kind of accomplished all the goals I wanted to in the off season, mm -hmm. and now uh, it's about gaining momentum like we did two years ago uh, for these next two events here and then Tigers events. So um, very important week for us. We're, we're certainly not taking it lightly. We're trying to prepare to, to be in contention. Mm. It was a springboard for you a couple of years ago, and you're looking for the same result this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last two years. I mean, la last year was a really fun battle with Matt Jones, and I had a putt for Eagle on the last hole uh, that was a shame. It just didn't even have a chance to go in, and um, I was a bit bummed at that, at the way it finished last year. Um, but it was just a fun battle with a good friend, Matt, and uh, really cool to see him win, you know, his, his home open. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good memories here at this tournament. Uh, certainly a, a strong field this year and a, a great pairing. I'm mm -hmm. um, pretty excited about that and, you know, hopefully um, tame the winds here and, mm -hmm. and these tiny greens and, and, and try and see if that ball striking um, can hold in, in what's a very difficult course to strike the ball extremely well. Questions, please. Rod. Jordan, you, you took a bit of heat for your scheduling towards the back end of last year in particular, uh, and I think you spoke about it during the year. It's been a totally different preparation this time, I think six weeks since you've played. How are you feeling about that, and how long does it take to get used to what scheduling works for you? All players are different, aren't they? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because you know I, I want to be able to go out and do what I love to do and see different parts of the world. At the same time, yeah, I mean... The, it's still early. It was four years ago. I was still in in school, um, so trying to find a balance of getting to do and take advantage of uh, these opportunities while uh, feeling like I can play my best golf around the major championships and feel um, like we can. I mean, I still felt like we were ready to go and, and rested when we played the majors this year. So um, no excuses there. But. It's really nice to have a six-week off-season. Last year I had two and a half weeks a couple different times, and that's it. Um, this time I was able to actually hang the clubs up for a few weeks and just you know, get away from the game for a little, try and get uh, mind and body kind of feeling like I actually have a place that I live at home, mm -hmm. you know, same bed for more than um, six nights in a row, uh, which was really nice to have, and that's what we had Two years ago, in 2014, I had about a six-week off-season. I uh, played China and played here in Tigers event. Uh, this year, we didn't go back to China. It was just um, I just really wanted six weeks, and and because of the way the scheduling worked, uh, China would have split that again into two and a half and two and a half. So, uh, um, wanted to come back here. This term is very important. It was a springboard uh, two years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel very rested because of that six weeks. There he is, Jordan Spieth, speaking before the 2016 Emirates Australian Open. We've got to get to a break. Still plenty more clubhouse to come right after this. In your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. 
You certainly are. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening across this golfing weekend. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here live from the Emirates Australian Open. Marco on Corson. A man who uh, announced his retirement straight after his first round. He's going to be our Honda Power Player of the Week. The Power Player of the Week. For Honda Power Equipment. Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. It is Honda's force. Stroke Lawn and Garden Range from $329 only at your specialist Honda dealer. And Marco, Peter Senior, what a wow. champion. Yeah, Friday here at the Australian Open, uh, he was hitting his shot on the 16th tee, which was about his seventh hole. Uh, he hit the shot and he was gone. I mean, he actually retired on the spot. He was going to have a farewell after the World Cup next week uh, up at the uh, Australian PGA. Uh, that was going to be his lap of honour mm-hmm. and he was going to call it quits because his hip, he's had a really bad hip. I didn't know about his hip, uh, but you'll hear about it pretty soon. Uh, the hip, you know, it wasn't right. And I saw him yep. warming up uh, during the week on the putting green. Now, our, our studio uh, for AO Radio is right in front of the practice putting green. And he's got the short putter. He's using the claw. But it doesn't look right, you yeah. know. So I, I think, I think the fact that he was hitting the ball so poorly. I mean, once your hip goes, you're gone because you know you'd need those hips to drag your arms through the ball, basically. And that 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 hip position, when you're going through impact, if your hips stall, then the blade of the club just rolls over very very quickly, and that's when you get the rights and the lefts. Yep. So if you ever see anybody, um, and you see it a lot, you know, these days we spoke about. You know, if you get a tip to get the camera out, put it on the slow-mo and yeah. get someone to film your swing. It's, it's, a, it's a great way of doing it. was a masterclass a couple of weeks ago. If your hips are stalling through impact, so it looks like they start, then at impact they stop, and then by the time the club and the arms have gone through, they drag your, they drag your hips through, then the club is just flipping over through impact. You've got to time it absolutely perfectly. Normally, when you're relaxed on the driving range, they go like a dream. Mm. But in the heat of pressure and you got in in the in, when you're in tournament mode and you're trying to hit every shot perfect, you know strange things happen in the golf swing and this was happening to Pete. I mean he he clearly couldn't get through the ball, uh, and he was absolutely cooked. And you know when you when you're not hitting it straight and uh, you're having a little trouble putting as well, then it's pretty much over and out. So yep. after 16 holes, uh, after the 16th tee shot, he, he basically walked off the golf course. Um, you know, I don't think he had tears, but certainly his eyes were welling up. I mean, what a what a, an amazing career. What a strange, you know, golf swing that lasted career. for so long. Uh, he ended up going to Gary Edwin. I know when Gary Edwin came down here, he, he went to his house and Pete Sr., you know, in his backyard's got a driving range and he actually hits golf balls to an island at Hope Island. Yeah. So he hits it over water to an island. And he, you know, Gary Edwin turned up. Um, he was a very famous coach, uh, Coach uh, Peter Lonard and Paul Gow and, you know, a lot, a lot of really good players. And um, Pete Senior hit about 15 in a row straight down the line, straight down the, at this flag on this island. And the 16th shot went sideways. And he walked back to Gary Edwin and said, see, see, where'd that <laughs> shot come from? And Gary Edwin reportedly looked at him and said, I'm not concerned about that shot. I know where that came from. I'm, I'm worried about the other 15, the ones that went straight. How did that happen? So Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Gary Edwin went to work with him and, yep. uh, you know, his career flourished. We saw him win an Australian Open at the Lakes not so long ago. Yep. Uh, we saw him win the Australian Masters, Masters. which was ridiculous. You know, back when I started playing golf um, in 1986, he won our four big tournaments uh, in one season. He never went to America. You know, that was that was amazing. He went over there, he just didn't like it. Played in Europe for years and years and years. Yep. Very respected over in Europe. We saw him perform in, in majors, and especially the British Open, where he was very good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, he never never really got close to winning it. He wasn't really in a dogfight on the back nine ever, but certainly contended in British Open three weeks. Uh, he had this period in his life where he, he actually chipped cross-handed. He was the first person I ever saw yeah, it. Right. Nobody even knew. Yep. I remember watching him at the Masters, uh, and, and, and he was chipping onto the 18th hole, and they basically showed it because they knew he was one of our favourite players. And, you know, because we buy the rights here in Australia, they do us a couple of favours every <laughs> once in a while. Just occasionally. And I remember Brett Hogle, he was doing the commentary. Yeah. He said, Peterson is chipping backhanded. He'd, he'd never seen it, but he'd actually been doing it for 15 years. Yeah. No one knew. So any time he had, any time he couldn't putt, in, you know, in America, they've got this grass called ryegrass. You know, like I said a second ago, I think in the first segment, it's the same grass that's on the MCG and, yep. the, and the SCG. It's a little bit sticky when they cut it short and when there's hot weather. And you can't putt through it. So there were a couple of places where Pete had the chip, but luckily for him, it's that softer blade, softer grass, and mm. you know the club just slides through. So you don't you don't do it too often. So he's quite happy to do it. Normally, just putt from off the fringe, but here he was at Augusta, chipping with an eight iron backhanded. <laughs> no one had ever known. Uh, it was certainly not many people knew, but he'd been doing it for about fifteen years. Yep, brilliant. Absolutely I, 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 brilliant I genuinely, I've never never heard one person no, say a bad you, word you about never Peter do, Senior. Do you? you never, never do. in a million years. Yep. Hey, never. He, um, he spoke with Martin Blake straight afterwards. Yeah, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to that. Uh, Very emotional. Um, uh, straight after announcing his retirement. So what happened out there? Yeah, just I did my hip last week at the New South Wales Open on the Monday, and I battled right hip, uh, battled through the tournament last week. Um, didn't do much practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Played the pro am. Yesterday I've scrambled around, but yeah. today it's just freaking horrendous. I can't hit, can't hit a golf shot out there, so. No. Um, it's no good me being out there annoying the other guys because they, they're playing pretty well. So uh, this is it for me. I'm not playing any more golf. Um, so you won't, you can't, you don't think you can play the PGA? I'm you not playing the PGA. It's a hell of a way to end. Uh, um, yeah, you but you emotional. know, yeah, I am. I'm, Obviously, it's a tough pill to swallow. You know, it's yeah. the last two years I've had that many bloody injuries. Yeah, I'm just sick of it. So you know, and it's a game you can't play mm. with injuries. No. Mm. no. So. Um, you know, I've had a great run. I mean, yeah. I've had a great career. I've enjoyed every minute of it. People have been fantastic. But I've, I've just had an You just can't play like this, and I don't enjoy playing like this. How far did you get? Did you got to I got six, to 16. Drive on 16. You drove it and then yeah. Yeah. just realised. I, I just can't hit a shot every time I get to the ball. and just get yeah. a boulder pain through my yeah. hip. You're so, saying it that lightning bolt through your hip, yeah, weren't you? Every yeah, time I, you take I had swing. twice yesterday, but I had it two or three times already today. So. Yeah. You just can't hit a shot. So. And you look like you're playing pretty well yesterday. You're hitting the ball okay. Um, yeah, I was all right in in, in patches, mm. but um, bending down to pick the ball out of the hole, I'm just yeah, it hurts even oh, still. I have to tee it up this side because I can't bend down oh, this side and yeah. pick out the ball this side. This yeah. freaking leg's so sore. Yeah, left leg because you because I've been because I've been doing yeah. this all the time. Yeah. That's an emotional Peter Senior speaking straight after the course. He then spoke a little bit more officially to Golf Australia shortly after. Peter, thanks for joining us. I believe you have some news. Um, yeah, I played half a dozen to- uh, holes this morning and uh, the body's just not up to it. So uh, I ended up pulling out today. Um, this will be my last professional golf tournament. Um, so it's pretty disappointing. I would have liked to have finished on a better note, but, uh, you know, I've had a great time. Nearly 40 years on the tour now, and uh, I've had a marvellous time, but uh, just disappointed the way it's finished. Specific physically, Peter, that you're having issues with? Um, well, the last two years has been horrendous. Um, I've been pretty lucky, been injury-free all my life. 
except for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, it's gone from feet to hip to elbows, shoulder. So, uh, you know, it's gone full circle now. And, uh, you know, you just can't play this game injured. And uh, I've just about had it with the body. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll stick together to go and do a few other things. But, uh, yeah, it's, I've just got tired of being injured. And reflecting on your career, there's been some inc- pretty incredible moments. What have been the, the best for you? Um, well, geez, just playing the game, it, it's been absolutely fantastic. But uh, if I had to pick a moment, it would have been the Australian Open four years ago at the lakes there uh, with my son Mitchell on the bag. And having him on the bag and winning a tournament like that, I think that was a highlight of my career. And for you, golf, obviously, a huge part of your life. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the highs and the lows and the emotions that go into being a professional golfer? Um, Well, there's not one guy out here who doesn't go through highs and lows. Um, Hopefully, uh, they have more highs than lows, uh, but the lows can really get you down. uh, You've got to have a good family base and a good group of people around you when when you're in your lows because... uh, everything just about revolves around golf Uh, and if you're not playing well then you know your relationship suffers everybody around you suffers so uh, you know if you've got a good team uh, you can get through those but uh, a lot of great guys out here I've you know I just wish them all the best. And I'm sure you haven't had time to comprehend it at this stage but what might be next for Peter Senior? Um, I've, I've got plenty in store. I've, uh, I've got a few other businesses. Um, I'm doing a bit of building at the moment, so uh, I've got plenty to keep me occupied. I'm going to buy a new boat. <laughs> so uh, I'm a mad keen fisherman, so uh, I think that'll be the main priority, I think, getting on the water. Terrific. Well, enjoy retirement. Great. Thanks, Bree. <laughs> There is Peter Senior, very emotional, and uh, and congratulations to him, a brilliant career and one of our finest ever golfers. Yeah, you? absolutely. He'll be a Hall of Fame member, I reckon. I don't, he won't quite get to legend status, but he, one day he'll be in the Australian Sports Hall of Fame. Yep, and deservedly so. Absolutely. Absolutely so. A legend of Australian golf and congratulations to Peter Senior on a great career. I'm sure we, we won't be the last mm. we hear of him, Marco, because uh, yeah. we, people will be going to him for comments and, uh, and advice and everything like that over the next year. Peter Senior, our Honda Power Player of the Week, for, all for Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range on sale from $329 only at your specialist Honda dealer, four-stroke lawn and garden range on sale from $329. Hey, have we got time for a masterclass? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hit a break, and we'll get to that very shortly. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. Great to have your company right across Australia as we talk all things golf. This is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is live at the Emirates Australian Open. It's time to go inside the clubhouse, and we do it all for Club Mandalay. It's golf in Melbourne's north. Visit clubmandalay.com.au, and you can book your next round of golf at Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au, and save 10% when using the code C. M Golf. Well, a man who has created plenty of headlines during his career and is taking part currently in the Australian Open is Jeff Ogilvie. He held a fascinating press conference prior to the Australian Open. Love hearing from the players as they come back out to Australia and talk about how much pride they have in playing in these big Australian tournaments. Jeff Ogilvie did exactly that. Let's take a listen back. How much does confidence uh, play a part in a, in a recent good result coming into the Australian Open? It really helps, I think. Um, I was trending the right way. I mean, I had a pretty rough year, all in all, like the 12 months, I guess, from this week last year, if you like. But kind of, 
April and May it started turning around. I mean, I could tell the scores. Maybe it didn't look a little bit better, much better, but I was trending the right direction and I didn't make the playoffs, the FedEx Cup playoffs, so I had like a forced six or seven weeks off. Um, so the trend line was going the right direction. Then I kind of had to take quite a long time off and kind of lost a bit my first couple of tournaments, but I feel like I got back on the trend line. Does that make sense? Last week. Um, played, I knew good weeks were coming. I mean, I, I liked where my golf was at, so... Uh, but again, you never know when you're going to have one. And having one, I was, I mean, I was probably close to the lead on Sundays a couple of times, maybe tied at one point or one behind. It never, I all, we were always a couple too far back of the guys in the last group, which was Pampson, Kepka, and Lucas, I think. But I got a feel for contention a little bit again, and that is the part that I've always enjoyed the most. So I think uh, I left with a good confidence boost and, and a, and a, and a con more contentment with golf because I just contended. I mean, I'm much happier contending than not contending. It's much more fun doing that. So uh, nice. Even though I knew I was playing well, it's definitely nice to get runs on the board before you come here. You know, like I've, I've been excited to play for a whole week. You know, so that's always a good thing. Jeff, what are you looking for out of the Australian tournaments? Uh, the last few years, quite a few players have used them as a springboard to really good years uh, in, in in America. Well, that would be great, obviously. Um, yeah, what Jordan did here a couple of years ago, that round he shot on Sunday, uh, he, he seemed to not miss a beat for 12 months after that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would be great if the Australian Open could, could take credit for that, but I think that was probably going to happen anyway. Um, but yeah, it'd be really nice. I mean, this is actually going to be my last tournament for the year until January. So, and this is a major for us. I mean, this is, as, we probably get a bit blase about the Australian Open when we're over there and we're playing and we're not really thinking about it. But as soon as we get here, this is, I mean, especially well, for, every, for every Australian, but it, it hits me every time I come back to this tournament, how important this tournament is for us. So, um, yeah, it's a major for the Australian players, I think. So. Uh, yeah, I just love, it'd be it'd be great to greater uh, Christmas break if I could win this the last tournament of the year and like yeah, kind of springboard off this for next year. Mark, Jeff, how does uh, Royal Sydney fit your eye? I think uh, two oh six you were second to Sendo, is that right? I yeah, I played well that year. You kind of did you have a part to go in a playoff or something? Maybe he was a group behind. He. I, I think I feel like I finished the tournament really well, and he made some crazy birdie on seventeen. Like you can't hit it to 20 feet and hit it to this, right? Um, and I think I ended up having like a 15-footer on the last that would have got me in the playoff, but I think he was behind me. He might have birdied the last two. I think he birdied the last two holes. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Bads won, I mean, my first one here, when Aaron won, I played with Greg in the last round, like third last group maybe, which at the time was a big tournament for me. Um, and then... I think I've always done okay here. Um, yeah, 2006, I had a real chance. Um, but it's probably one of my happier hunting grounds in Sydney, probably. So um, no reason the course isn't there all there for me, you know. Keys to play well here? Stay out of the bunkers? Yeah. I, when were we here last? Four years ago? When Rory won, right? On the last hole? Um You've got to get a good draw out here in Sydney. Sydney is very draw-dependent, and you can get some those afternoon wins that come in that the morning didn't have. And 
we've had a couple of crazy bits of weather on this course over the years. Um, but yeah, keep it out of the bunkers. Um, take advantage of the because there's a lot of scoring holes out there. I mean, the par fives are pretty gettable, and the first hole is a pretty gettable hole. But you can also mess them up. So um, <laughs> hit it straight and hold lots of putts. Really make good decisions. It's not a long course in, in modern terms, so it's more keep the ball in play and make a bunch of putts. Really. There he is, Jeff Ogilvie, chatting prior to the 2016 Emirates Australian Open. Well, the World Cup of Golf at Kingston Heath isn't too far away, and this week some selection drama surrounded the inclusion or exclusion of Lee Westwood. Of course, Lee Westwood was lined up to be playing with Danny Willett in the World Cup of Golf. However, the withdrawal of Willett due to a back complaint, as well as the next eligible player, Justin Rose, has left Chris Wood as the next highest-ranked player. Now, Chris Wood has then gone and chosen and uh, fellow Ryder Cup debutant Andy Sullivan as his partner. That's what he gets to do, which has left Lee Westwood without a gig in the tournament. He wasn't too happy when he spoke about it uh, in Dubai earlier this week. Let's take a listen. That round today must take away some of this irritation about the World Cup. For anyone that hasn't seen it, Danny Willett, you were his partner. He pulled out and it went to two other players. Uh, you seem to be speaking through gritted teeth about this. Um, I'd never played the World Cup before, so I was really looking forward to it. And Kingston Heath's a great golf course, I've heard, and I've never played that. So, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Danny asked me back in August, and um, you know we were we were sort of paired together in the uh, we were going to be paired together in the Ryder Cup, and uh, and we were, and uh, you know we were going to have a go at the World Cup as well. So, yeah, a little bit disappointed, but um, you know everybody has to do certain things for for reasons and and you know normally their own their own in this game and uh, you know I understand is it the rules or is it just the way you know Chris Wood without maybe thinking too much about it went and picked Andy Sullivan you know I mean it goes down the world rankings so it'd be up to me to be higher in the world rankings to be able to pick my partner um if I'm hoping the world rankings are higher than Woody next year, we probably shouldn't be expecting a pick if I'm playing the World Cup. But uh, um, no, it's, it's his prerogative to pick whoever he wants. He gets on with Sully, and uh, Sully's a good player, and you know they'll have a chance next year. There he is, Lee Westwood. This is the clubhouse, and we do it all for Club Mandalay, and it's golf in Melbourne's north. Visit uh, clubmandalay.com.au. Save 10% when using the code CMGOLF. If you're coming to Melbourne, you're playing golf, only one place to do it. Club Mandalay, this is the clubhouse. We're going to get to a break. Marco's Masterclass is up next. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, before we get out of here, time to get a Masterclass from the number one teacher in golf on radio. His name is Mark Allen. He's live on course right now. Marco, what do you got for us? Well, in honour of Peter Senior retiring from golf, what a career he had. Um, and, of course, he had that very strange action his entire life. Um, we're going to do something in honour of Pete because he's a great man. Brilliant. Now, a lot of people have a bit of girth. And it's fair to say Pete Senior had that little bit of girth <laughs> his entire life. Now, one of the real characteristics about his golf swing was the way he followed through and the way he really stood up. That was all about trying to get the hips through the shot. Now, no, no one's perfect. We all have our weaknesses, Jules. And mm. I know there's a lot of weekend warriors out there who are carrying a bit around the, around the stomach. Now, this is bad for golf because the stomach wants to stay still. Yep. If you're one of these people and you feel like you're always flat-footed when you hit the golf ball... Mm-hmm. Try and get a little bit like Peter Senior. Try and turn those hips through the ball. Because if you're flat-footed, you're actually not making any room for your hands and your arms to get through the shot. Your stomach actually gets in the way. And these types of people are always standing miles away from the golf ball. But if you don't get through the shot, you've actually got to try. It's one of the most important things. So a little pause at the top of the golf swing is handy. But then you've got to roll that belt buckle 
and get it to face the target. Yep. It's one of the most important things in golf. It happens when you get a little bit older or you're a little bit rotund, Jules. <laughs> so you've actually got to do it. So think about the belt buckle and try and get that belt buckle to face the target in your follow-through. It's a, it's a nice way to play golf. Brilliant tribute to Peter Senior to finish, Marco. Good I like you. it. Yeah, you're very a good nice, man. Very you're nice. Very nice. And he is a star of Australian golf. And a little bit of girth there, we don't mind. It's going to happen to <laughs> us all eventually. <laughs> it will eventually, mate. <laughs> hey, enjoy the weekend of golf, Marco. Hopefully the sun stays out. Good on you, Jules. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week with a full wrap. I'll catch you next week for a World Cup wrap. Oh, yes, please. Good on you, buddy. We'll see you next week.